0: you're not complete, that means your boundaries are incomplete as well. When you're not complete, you're looking for somebody else to fulfill you. You're starting off on the back foot. You have to fulfill yourself first. You have to love yourself first. You have to be whole and complete in yourself first before anybody else can add
1: to your state of joy. Welcome to the Driven Woman podcast, where women who want to chart a new path independent of society's programming come to up level their mindset and receive no fluff advice to accelerate their journey towards success in all areas of life. You'll be inspired, you'll also be challenged to do away with borrowed thinking that keeps you in a box where your income influence, lifestyle, and achievement are concerned. I'm your host Sophia Bryan. I'm an international lawyer, leadership coach for emerging women leaders, and business development strategist. I'm so excited to have you on this journey of transformation with me. Are you ready to unleash the leader within? Let's get into today's episode. Hi there, Driven Woman. I have another amazing guest lined up for you today. She's a successful or was a successful organizational development consultant with a great executive coaching practice. She's also a mother of two, and she was a victim of narcissistic abuse. After 16 years of secretly living for someone else, she realized that only she could change her situation. She began to seek out different kinds of support to help her make sense of the chaos and what was happening in her life. She went into studying. She got a short accreditation and a Ph.D. enrollment uh, with her coaching background and her openness and readiness to take action. She finally found her identity after eight years. She now understands her values and embraces her vulnerabilities and has finally taken her pull back. And this work or this experience, she's going to be sharing with us about her journey and what her work involves in addressing narcissistic and emotional abuse and helping persons to go through that. So, driven women, (laughs) make welcome for my guest. Tripta, I'm going to allow you to just um, say all of your names so that I don't ruin it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sure. Well, my full name is Tripta Neb Batkovich. Neb is my maiden name
1: and Mm. Batkovich is my remarried name. Mm. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. So Tripta, like, uh, as you know, we were saying, I like to ask persons a bit about their childhood, you know, so share with us a, a bit of that and how that led you to the work that you're now doing.
0: My childhood, I thought was a happy childhood, mm-hmm. but there had uh, uh, it had blotches and some a few stains in it. So my childhood, my father was in the Air Force, the Indian Air Force. He's okay. a decorated uh, twice decorated fighter pilot of the Indian Air Force. And so we spent a lot of our time moving around to different cities every time he got posted. I also went to a boarding school Mm -hmm. and then the blotches on uh, uh, my childhood was, I was molested as a four-year-old by the house help. Um, That wasn't dealt with because the Indian culture is such, it's dismissed, it is, um, so it was dismissed. There were growing up and going to university over here, I would get groped uh, in buses and public, and nobody would oh say or oh, do anything because it's a misogynistic society. Mm-hmm. So, But what informed my, my motivation, what informed besides my own personality, was the fact that my father was in the Air Force, mm-hmm. the fact that you know, he carried a lot of pride and he was fighting for things that are right. And I think that kind of rubbed off on me. Mm-hmm. So, I grew up being a rebel in yes. this country. I was called a rebel without a cause in my family because I wouldn't stand for any nonsense. I wouldn't stand down. I would always have a ready answer to things. And I would always question stereotype, mm-hmm. always. Um, I lived with my first husband uh, which is something that's unheard of in this part of the world uh, and definitely unheard of in those times. So I'm mm-hmm. talking now, I was living with my hus- ex-husband who was just my boyfriend. This was yeah. back in 1992. Wow. So, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of, I've always wanted to stand and do things. yeah, And stand on my own two feet and prove my worth. mm mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: So I think my, my childhood, uh, my parents, my mum was a single child, uh, but she also came from a background where my grandmother was an extremely strong woman for her times who went through a divorce back in the late 1950s and flew to England uh, to make a life for herself there. Wow so mm-hmm. you know there's a, there's a lot of strong uh, driven history and a driven women history in mm-hmm. my family
1: mm-hmm. yes, awesome, awesome okay so uh, for like I was saying to you, there are so many similarities between um, the Indian way and how things are played out in the Caribbean as a matter of fact, there is actually still a very strong Indian community in in the Caribbean. It's still referred to as the West Indies. Um, mm-hmm. So I I appreciate the, you know, the bit about um, abuse being dismissed. Uh, do you think it's important for persons who have encountered that in their childhood, childhood to deal with it? And um, how do you suggest that they take steps towards that?
0: You know, today, when I look back, I yes, I do wish uh, that it was dealt with uh, through counseling because it did take an impact. It did have Mm -hmm. an impact on me. Mm -hmm. It led to building my defense mechanisms, you know, which is which is just happens automatically for every Mm -hmm. individual. But that defense mechanism that I resorted to was to hide all my vulnerabilities because Mm -hmm. I learned that if you, that vulnerability was weakness. Yes. When it's actually now, when I look back at it, it's quite the opposite. Vulnerability is not weakness. Vulnerability is authenticity. Vulnerability, being human, is being vulnerable equally. Yes. And if you cannot be authentic, and if you're hiding from yourself first, how can you connect from anybody with anybody else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So authenticity has to start from you, so that you can actually have a healthy, happy relationship, meaningful relationship with people. And it's not just at a personal level, but you know, it's it's even in your work environment. Mm. People expect leaders to be these strong people. You know, the strength is not in saying you don't have weaknesses. It takes an immense amount of courage to be vulnerable. It takes an immense amount of courage to be authentic.
1: Yes.
0: And I think that would, I wouldn't have been, uh, I wouldn't have found so many masks and I wouldn't have suppressed my vulnerabilities Uh, so much in my life if my abuse in my childhood and in my impressionable years had actually been dealt with Mm -hmm. I would absolutely say we should embrace vulnerability we should treat these and address these issues because they do leave a scarring impact on people yeah yeah for
1: sure Wow. I'm listening to you. Um, and of course I think this is also, you know, the fact that you're, you've grown and been through so much, but there's this strong sense of conviction and self-assuredness that comes from your voice. And I, I think it's so powerful. I really do. And, um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm listening to that and I'm feeling the vibrations. I'm like, yes, this is the voice of a woman who is self-assured and knows what she's about. And I really appreciate you bringing that to this conversation. The word narcissism or the word narcissist has almost become popularized. In fact, I was having a conversation with a friend earlier this week, and um, he diagnosed someone as being a narcissist. Can you explain to us what that actually means? Because I think that um, there is some amount of confusion the moment that. Uh, we disagree with someone, or maybe someone stands up for themselves. Sometimes they they are labeled a narcissist, whereas there are persons who may actually be like that, and we make excuses for them. So absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Go ahead. Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Um, so, firstly, I think narcissism today has become a pop culture term, mm-hmm. and which is sad because there are people who actually suffer from something known as a narcissistic personality disorder mm. and that is a clinical psychological disorder mm-hmm. right but we all have narcissistic tendencies in us we okay. all have it in fact it takes a certain amount of narcissism for for people who have ambition to -hmm, succeed.
1: mm -hmm.
0: It takes a certain amount of narcissism within an individual to be driven Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: you have to be able to think of yourself. But that is not to be confused with a narcissistic personality disorder. Mm, Right, right. A narcissistic personality disorder is when a person suffers from such a... I mean, there are different types, but when they are so focused on themselves that everything in their life needs to make them feel good. And when I say everything, I am not exaggerating Mm. the word everything. Okay. Their relationships, their jobs, the clothes they wear, what they have in their home, how they talk to people. So, you know, every aspect of it is designed, or shall I say, they do it automatically such that they feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. Clinically, they lack the empathy connection. Mm -hmm. And that is your biggest differentiator between a person who has narcissistic tendencies mm. and a person who has a narcissistic disorder.
1: Oh, I see. My
0: ex-husband and my ex-mother-in-law uh, were, are both narcissists with people mm. who have a disorder. Okay. And they, they, their thought of themselves is to such a large extent. Um, one example of my, two examples I'll give you of my mother-in-law, mm-hmm. ex-mother-in-law. When her husband was dying, yeah. um, he died of cancer. She was seeking counseling to live life like a widow when the man had just gone through surgery and the doctors hadn't even said that, no, there's no cure. Oh my God. Wow. Right? Wow. And again, I feel sorry for her because she's never going to be cured of it. Yeah. There is no cure to that. But much as I might empathize or sympathize, I'll correct myself, I sympathize with these individuals because people like me who come under the impact of a narcissist can get help Mm -hmm. and actually be happy. Mm -hmm. Narcissists, unfortunately, will always have that void in their life and will continue abusing one person or the other because they are like drug addicts and people are like their supply to them. Mm. So they move from one abuse to the next abuse to the next abuse to the next abuse.
1: Wow. Talk to us about boundaries because I I think that uh, sometimes um, if we have clear boundaries as individuals, especially as women, then we may be able to detect when um, we're interacting with someone like that and then maybe just exit stage left before we're into a commitment. Um, You know what? Yes. So what, how do we go about setting boundaries for ourselves without feeling as though we're stifling a relationship or not giving it a chance when really it's basic self-respect. I think, you know, the lines are blurred Sometimes, especially for empathetic people who are naturally empathetic towards others. How do we go about doing that?
0: You know, I think firstly, I would say that uh, we don't do enough, whether in a narcissistic abuse or not, Mm -hmm. we don't do enough in getting clear on our boundaries in the first place. We don't do enough in terms of having the clarity of our value system. And then, when we are faced with a situation which is, uh, shall I say, you know, if you think about all the difficult decisions you've had to make, mm-hmm. and you think I want to do this, but you know, um, I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a clear example. But if you if you think of any difficult decisions that you've had to make in your life and you consider why they've been difficult, you will often find that that you, the difficulty or the dichotomy really lies between your value system and the situation at hand where you think practically, maybe if I go the other way, opposed to my value systems, mm-hmm. uh, it's only one time, then mm-hmm. things will be okay, right? Now, that only one time and then things will be okay starts the the dissolution of your boundaries that you've established yes mm-hmm. right and that you with a narcissist or when you're in an emotionally abusive situation they systematically break down your boundaries mm-hmm. systematically so that one situation you'll find that there will be another situation where you'll experience a difficult decision and you'll say, Okay, let me do it. And say, But don't you love me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I do.
0: But here's the question Don't you love yourself? Yes. And if they actually loved you, why would they ask you to do something that you're not comfortable with? Right, right, right. Isn't love supposed to be freeing? Mm-hmm. Or is it supposed to make you feel bad? Mm-hmm. Mm. right so setting of personal boundaries I you know I, I break down personal boundaries because it's such a wa- vast topic mm. I break it down into so many different areas you can set personal boundaries in terms of things yes right things as in don't touch my phone yes Yeah. right I'm happy to share it with you mm. and you'll find that some people will be overly possessive about it mm-hmm. but it's not about The over-possession as well. It's about, in my mind, the decency to say if you're picking up somebody's thing, even if it's your spouse or your partner Mm -hmm. or your kids, you say, I just need to check the following thing. Can I use your phone, please? Yes. You don't take people for granted. When you, And that's the term, that's the biggest hint. The minute you feel that somebody is taking you for granted, they are stepping on some boundary or the other of yours. Mm. And if you keep silent about it, you don't have to get into a fight. You just need to let the next one know the first time to say, okay, uh, you're doing it now do me a favor and next time just let me know that you want my phone Mm -hmm. and I'll be happy to share it with you so you you communicate your boundary to them without getting into a fight and you don't have to get into a fight Mm -hmm. but you equally don't have to keep quiet about it either
1: right so that you don't so that you can prevent the conflict when you're going through that internal conflict about is this right is this wrong and you're literally Absolutely. stifling your own self and, you know, in a situation Absolutely. that should be helping you, bringing you joy. Wholeness, I'd love for you to go into that. Um, you know, oftentimes whenever we're referring to us a spouse or we call them the better half, <laughs> and, and, and there is this argument that you should be a whole person. It's two whole people coming together, not half and half. So what, what's your take on that?
0: We are whole and complete in ourselves mm-hmm. as an individual. Nobody else can complete you. Mm-hmm. And if that's your language, you are push- putting yourself in a position where somebody can abuse that because your mm-hmm. body and every cell in your body believes that you're not complete Mm-hmm. And when you're not complete, and that means your boundaries are incomplete as well, mm. right? So when, when you're not complete, you're looking for somebody else to fulfill you. Mm. You're starting off on the back foot. You, can, you have to fulfill yourself first. You mm-hmm. have to love yourself first. You have to be whole and complete in yourself first. Yes. Before anybody else can add to your state of joy. Mm. It's not that they will give you a state of joy. They will only add to it. Mm. So if they were not there, you're still whole. You're still complete. You're still happy. You're still content. You're still fulfilled.
1: This episode is so yummy, right? Well, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Biz Lawyer Jamaica, a boutique law firm specializing in contracts, tax planning, real estate investment, and company incorporation. If you'd like to receive a free 15 minute consultation with Biz Lawyer Jamaica, simply text 876 221 0456. That's eight seven six two two one zero four five six, and when sending the message, simply write "Driven Woman Podcast" sent me. Now let's get back to the show. You know, as a, an abuse recovery coach, I'm sure there's like a system or a process that you take persons through. What can you share about what your process is that you guide persons through? whenever they come into your space or one of your programs?
0: So I would say that there are a few key steps. Mm -hmm. The absolute first step is developing a mindset to say that you want to take your control. You want to take your power back. Wow, yes. Mm -hmm. You need to take that decision. Till you can't take that decision for yourself, nobody can give you that decision. Mm -hmm. the absolute first step is is developing that mindset that you really want to take your power back. And that is something that I offer. There's uh, on the website, they can download the Mindset Masterclass free of cost because that's really where you start. Mm -hmm. Once Once you acknowledge that you have that mindset, then you really need to be able to identify and go through an exercise where you learn to design your own identity that you want and you believe that you can actually be the creator of your own identity without any limitations. Yes. You know, it's like in our culture, especially when you think of the third world culture. And it's not to say that that same thing doesn't exist in in the first world cultures as well. in, in the Indian culture, for example, your role is in the kitchen as a woman. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people, so many women who believe that. Mm. Or oh, you should be at home, you know, bringing up the kids. Um, sorry, who decided that? Yeah. Right? So these things play, you know, do have an impact on the identity we believe we are meant to have. And I'm saying that there is no limit and there are no shoulds in your identity. You can create your own identity. And that's one of the processes that I start with is unraveling what you believe your identity should be versus what is the identity that you would like to have Hmm. now if somebody wants as a woman wants to have that identity to say I'm a homemaker there's absolutely nothing wrong with that as long as that's what you want Mm -hmm. not because that's what you've been told is your role and identity in life
1: yes yes we get to decide what that is
0: Mm absolutely 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 so I take them through a process of understanding their identity. We go through a process of uh, discovering and deciding your values because that's where a lot of stress comes into our body and our lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we go through from the values. We we go through a process of identifying your limiting beliefs. Again, you know, we reach, we go through life and we accumulate so many this is how life should be, or it has to be, or oh no, I can't do that, or oh, that's impossible. We put in so many barriers to our own selves when we can actually be limitless people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we we go through identifying limiting beliefs, and then finally we come to identifying and clearly identifying our boundaries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have to say that whilst this is a process that we go through one time, you know, when you're going through coaching with me, it's still not a limiting process Mm -hmm. in the sense that what you decide today can evolve. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Once you know how to do it, once you experience it, we are free to change it. We are free to say, okay, this is what I wanted my legacy to be when I was 30. But yeah. You know what? At 50, I want to change that.
1: Yes. I don't
0: want that any longer. Mm. I want something different. Mm. And that's absolutely okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely okay. There is a an argument I, I, I kind of want you to indulge with me a little bit. So... Again, you know, juxtaposing what I know about the little bit I know about Indian culture and the spin offs in in the Caribbean, in countries like Jamaica and Guyana and like Trinidad and Tobago, where there's a huge Indian population and a huge influence there. And it also, there's a similar mindset in the context of like persons who are of African descent as well. I'm struggling at the moment with the, the concept of being a queen versus a princess. So um, in the Caribbean, women are expected to be very strong, very educated and independent. And this is pushed on us, right? This idea that you have to have it all. You have to to be the matriarch. um, You have to be in control, right? So you're expected. So that's like a queen type archetype. However, (laughs) um, there's another side where... uh, Even though women within the context of households are expected to be matriarchs, we still live in a very patriarchal context where even though you are expected to be independent, if you get into a relationship with a a partner, um, you know, within a, a traditional heterosexual type relationship, You're expected to revert to a sort of princess-like complex where, you know, you're serving, you do everything at the whim of your partner or at the whim of your family and, Mm. you know, at the expense of your, you know, your emotional self. However, the independent woman or the queen-like thing, it has limitations. It can make you tired and so, women are now thinking about whether or not it's time to revert back to this princess type archetype, you know, serve the family, serve your spouse, and in exchange for them taking care of you, <laughs> kind of a thing. Do you think there's a balance, especially when financial abuse is something that's very real? how? Do I, I'm sorry for being so long-winded. No, no. How do do I strike that balance between being this queen, I'm in charge of my domain, I know what's happening financial-wise, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, I do want to possibly enjoy the benefits of being a princess where I know that there's a safety net from a partner. Albeit I have to serve, you know, because... It sounds bad, but that's kind of what it is. Um, is there? A, do you think there's a balance um, in that or you have to choose one or the other? I think there is a balance to be
0: struck. Mm-hmm. And I think the balance, or shall I say the clarity rather than the balance would be the word that I would use, mm-hmm. is it comes with when you identify who you are and mm-hmm. what. you are. Want. Mm, yes. And it's not about what a culture puts on to you, right? Because that's that's a baggage that you can never come to terms with. Because if you're not aligned to what your culture is putting on to you, you will never find peace and happiness.
1: Mm. You will
0: find that you you experience um, in psychology what is known as cognitive dissonance. Mm. Right. So it really boils down to identifying what do you want, who do you want to be, what are your values, and then deciding what your course of action is. Mm, Yes. Right. Um, Financial abuse, yes, financial abuse does happen. But I can tell you, when I gave up my... Previous marriage, I kicked my ex-husband out. Mm. I took on a debt that he had of what, I don't know if you're familiar with the UAE, but this was back in 2008. And I took on a debt of 1 million dirhams that he had. And was my life easy financially? No, it wasn't. I was getting calls from the cops, from the banks, because it was also the time of the, the, the financial global uh, mm-hmm. recession at yes. the time in mm-hmm. 2008. Um, I had bad debts from companies who weren't paying uh, you know, the outstandings. I had an accountant who ran away with money and I had taken on a debt of a million dirhams.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: had my two boys uh, to bring up. So was it easy? No. Was I so much happier because I could now control myself? Mm -hmm. I could see what was in my capacity to do and I did not have to be dealing with somebody else's nonsense, Mm. right, which would only bring me down further. Yes. So I could, I yeah, it wasn't comfortable at all. But I can tell you that I was a much happier, much more productive, much more resourceful, and individual by taking that decision. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. Practical hardships are a lot easier to cope with. When you are comfortable, or shall I say, when you are at peace with yourself in your head and your heart, Mm. when you're not at peace with yourself in your head and your heart, jobs, making decisions, taking care of the family, even to the extent of putting together a basic meal becomes the hardest thing to
1: do. Mm. Oh, my God. Yes, you are speaking truth. (laughs) You are speaking truth. Yes. So
0: I would I would encourage uh, everyone to think, you know, financial hardships are very real and I don't want to underplay them. Financial hardships, practical hardships of life are very, very real. But if you are at peace with yourself mm-hmm. and if you're not in an emotional and a mentally distraught situation, you can tackle those practical hardships with so much ease. Mm-hmm. It will not give you gold and diamonds, but you will be a happy individual. Yes. If you're not at mental and emotional ease and comfort, even something as frying an egg becomes difficult yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and as you're speaking i'm reflecting on a situation where that i was in where um i i think my partner at the time they took on a lot of the responsibilities financially but then there were so many things that were unsettling about the relationships for relationship for me and when i decided that okay the i need to create new boundaries and switch things up a bit. Um, You know, it led to the relationship dissolving, but I think it also put me in a more empowered state where my finances were concerned. And, um, you know, I I wanted to share that part because, you know, there is always hope. If you're in a situation where you're going to feel vulnerable getting out of it, there is always hope. There are always ways to, you know, gather your bearings and figure out a way forward because, um, you know, it makes no sense to be in a situation where they're doing the most financially, but you're also very distorted emotionally. So, yes, so much to think about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah,
0: totally. Your state, your, your sense of empowerment comes when you feel whole and complete in your life without anybody else. Mm-hmm. You can only control yourself. You can, at best, influence somebody else. At best. And an influence only is a 50-50% chance. Mm. Yes. But with you, you know that you can control what you say and do. hmm Mm-hmm. you can control the decisions you make you can own the decisions you make mm-hmm. 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 and that's that sense of empowerment actually frees up our our cognitive mind so when I say that you're more resourceful as an individual when you are empowered you know neuroscience has proven beyond a doubt that the most you can be the most resourceful and the most creative when you're in a state of flow. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm sure you've heard that term, yes. being yes. in a state of flow. You will never be in a state of flow if you are distressed, upset, experiencing cognitive dissonance. Mm, to be in a state of flow you need to be mentally and emotionally comfortable and you need to believe and feel empowered in those situations Mm -hmm. agreed and that can only happen if you're whole and complete in yourself
1: yes uh uh what are your thoughts about so for persons who have gotten out of an abusive situation and no they've done the mental work they've done the emotional work and they've taken significant steps towards you know getting their life back and they think that they want to experience love again how do they um uh, welcome healthy relationships going forward without thinking that everybody going forward is a narcissist for example <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and really embrace you know you know if you've encounter negative and then when someone comes with love and generosity you're almost wondering is this for real so how what are some of the things that they can do to not fall into that trap to really give um healthy bone uh healthy relationships a fair opportunity um so that they can experience that again post-abuse You know, so firstly,
0: there are, I have to say that I went through that phase where I thought, oh, I'm fine now. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, my defense mechanisms were so strong and vulnerabilities are weaknesses and you should never express them and hide them from the rest of the world to the point that I hid them from myself. Mm. So I I would honestly, honestly recommend that firstly, you take your time. Mm -hmm. If at any point you feel that you are looking for a relationship, you are not free. Mm. You haven't recovered. Relationships happen. And they will happen even when you are whole and complete in yourself because you will exude so much positivity You wouldn't have to go out looking for a date. They will come to you. Yes. So your first telling point is, if you're looking for a relationship, I will urge you to reconsider whether you really have healed. Mm. If you cannot deal with boredom and loneliness, I will question if you have healed. Mm. That sense of loneliness comes because you're still feeling incomplete at a certain level. Mm-hmm. That's one. The second, even when you don't feel that, if you're not clear with your values and your boundaries, if you haven't put in the time to identify for yourself, what exactly are your values as of today? What are your boundaries as of today? I would really recommend that people spend that time with themselves to get to know themselves first. Mm. Learn to love yourself first before you allow anybody else to try and love you.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. So much food for thought here. Before I go, Tripta, I know you mentioned some of the resources on your website. Do you have any book recommendations that you think would be useful for persons who are going through this New journey, or want to take on this journey of designing themselves <laughs> all over again? Yeah, there's
0: my my favorite author is Brené Brown. Mm, okay, and uh, two of her books, so daring greatly, mm-hmm. uh, will give you a foundation and a better understanding of vulnerability, mm. which is so big to recognize in yourself and not just conceptually, but to really go through the process of understanding the word vulnerability and what our specific vulnerabilities are. Okay. Daring greatly is a good one. And then you follow it up with gifts of imperfection. And the third one in that series would be rising strong. All three mm-hmm. by Brené Brown. And rising strong really gives you four clear steps of how and what to practice. Mm. They are invaluable books in this journey.
1: Mm. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Tripta, what keeps you driven?
0: What keeps me driven? I have a seven-year-old girl now from my Mm. second marriage. Okay. And I'm helping my two boys recover from theirs from their experience with their father and the impact of the narcissistic abuse in my life. Yes. It's been an extremely painful 16 years with that man. And now when I look back, it's been such a long time to try and recover. I think it's unfair. There's a shorter way. And if I can help somebody really find themselves Without wasting any more time. Yes. I would love to do that. Yes. And I don't want my daughter growing up with vulnerabilities, with a defense mechanism where she's hiding herself. Yes. I want her to grow up feeling whole and complete in every way she is because she's perfect in whatever way she is.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow! Well, thank you so much, Tripta. This was an amazing conversation. Um, I'm excited to share it. There are so many aha moments, um, and I'm happy that you just came fully and open to just pour into us. And I myself, I'm looking forward to just delving into your world a little bit um, and um, bringing myself up to speed. So thank you so much for being here. And it it was a true pleasure um, having this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Sophia. Thank you for the opportunity. Hi there, Driven Woman. Did you receive value from this week's episode? Well, if you did, do not keep it to yourself. You can find the link to this week's episode by either going to sophiabryon.com forward slash podcast, or you can go to the Podbean app. So that's P-O-D-B-E-A-N, Podbean app, and share the link to the podcast from there. For the Android users who've been wanting to leave a review, you can go ahead and also do that on the Podbean app. If you are an iPhone user, you can go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews and ratings increases the visibility of the show so that more driven women can experience the transformation and breakthroughs that our conversations bring. Looking forward to your feedback and until next time, stay driven.